0: Today, I am doing an episode about age. Didn't think that this is what I was going to talk about today, but... I was listening to the hotline. So, I have a hotline for the podcast. And if you didn't know that, now you're going to, where listeners can call in, they leave me voicemails, they ask me questions. And sometimes I turn that content into the basis for a show. Sometimes I reach back out to people and sort of give them my thoughts or my advice. And in this instance, there were a handful in the hotline that were all about age. I feel like anytime that I see, the same question repeated over and over, or I see a pattern, like people keep asking me the same thing, or I keep sort of seeing the same words pop up or the same themes. I always feel like it's a sign from the universe that either I need to learn something in that moment or that this is the kind of content that I need to be creating. So I'm really going to lean into it today. And I love the questions that came through inside of the hotline because – they're all the ages. I have questions from girls in high school. I have questions from women who are in their 60s. It really runs the gamut. I think it's going to be good and helpful. And no matter what age you are, I hope you're going to find some wisdom or some information today. Uh, But I'm going to – some of these I've already heard. Some of these I haven't heard yet. So in real time, I'm going to listen to some questions and we're going to answer all about It just so happens that this week I was talking to a friend about pursuing something. So she has a job and there's a a bigger job that she has always aspired to have, but doesn't have the degree that would be required. And she just got this new job and she's really loving it. She's loving the change in pace, but is already sort of feeling a little frustrated that she can't pursue the thing at the higher level because she's surrounded by people who have the job that she wants to have, that went to school, that got the degree, that did the thing. So I'm going back and forth with her on text and I'm like, hey, what if you just got your degree? If you really want to do this, if you really feel like this is the calling and this is what you want to do with your life, why not just pursue the degree? And she said, oh my God, it would take forever and I'm like, well, how long is forever? She's like, I think it would probably take me because I work full-time. She has kids. She's like, I think it would probably take me five years. And I was like, dude, the time is going to pass anyway. That thing that you want to do, it doesn't matter if it will take you a week or six months or 16 years. Those years are going to pass you by anyway, but in one scenario, at the end of it, you get to pursue this thing that you've always wanted to do. And not only that, in her case, I was like, not only will you have this sort of life that you wanna have when this is all said and done, but also your children will watch you pursue this thing. They will watch you make your life better one step at a time, which I think is incredibly powerful for all of us, but especially for kids, because our children are growing up in a world of instant gratification. They can post something right now on the internet and have people instantly give them praise or props or likes or feedback on this thing they haven't even done yet. It's like social media is incredibly powerful. It's also kind of dangerous when it comes to pursuing something and wanting to get the accolades or the praise or the recognition or the success at the end of it. Because right now, you could go onto social media and say, I just signed up for a master's program, and everyone will celebrate you. Or you can get on social media, and you could be like, oh, you guys, I just signed up for a half marathon. And everyone's like, yay, Sarah, that's awesome. You're doing the half marathon, right? But Sarah didn't actually take a single step yet, meaning like a physical step with her body. Yes, she signed up for something. But she hasn't actually started training and yet she got celebrated for the thing she has not done. I'm not saying we shouldn't support each other. I'm not saying that we shouldn't cheer everyone on as they pursue a better version of themselves. What I'm saying is our kids are growing up in a world, you are growing up in a world, we're evolving inside of a world where we can just put something out there not having actually done any work and get the kind of response that we would get once we cross the finish line. So the power in my friend pursuing this dream comes in a lot of different ways. It would change her family's life. It would change them economically. It would give her confidence. It would give her education and knowledge and all of these things. She'd probably be exposed to a new crowd of people. There'd be so many great things that come out of it. But one of the most powerful pieces is that her children would watch her pursue a goal that would take a while, that would take years of effort and time and energy. That is incredibly powerful. So whether you are a teenager or someone in their 60s or my friend in her 40s who's considering a whole new life, the time is going to pass anyway. It doesn't matter how old you are when you start or how old you are when you finish. We become who we're meant to be on the road to something I mean, I'm sure that this is a quote, and I don't know who originally said it, but the destination isn't actually guaranteed. Think about it for a minute. Your destination, your goal, this thing that you're pursuing, zero guarantee. The only guarantee you have is the journey. You know, and y'all have heard that saying, it's in an Aerosmith song, it's like, I don't know who originally the quote is from, life's a journey, not a destination. It's about the journey. We all know that. We've heard that. But the destination is not guaranteed. So the only thing you know for sure you have is the way you pursue what comes next. And all of the questions in today's episode are from people who are wondering how to pursue what comes next. All right. I'm going to play the very first One that I heard that made me realize I wanted to do something as it pertained to age and it made me so happy because this is from a younger listener. Her name is Jessica. She's 17 years old. Y'all, how much do we wish that we were listening to podcasts and working on ourselves and pursuing goals like this at 17? If I had had access to the free information on the internet when I was 17 years old, I mean, I would I be president? Maybe would I? I I can't. Would I be Elon Musk? Probably. I don't know. I'd be some really cool version of myself, though. God bless you, Jessica. Most of us, I mean, we we had the library. That was the access that we had. An AOL dial up. You are too young to know what that means. Don't even look it up. It'll give you nightmares. Okay, let's see what Jessica had to say.
1: Hi, Rachel. My name is Jessica. I'm 17 years old. And when I was 15, I discovered what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I wanted to be a blogger. The specific type of blogger has shifted over time, but within the last year or so, I've realized that food and food photography is what I truly feel the happiest doing. I have a goal of creating a decent salary for my blog and photography by the time I graduate high school, which is June, 2023. However, I'm still a full-time student, and on top of my school and business, I feel like I'm balancing a million things at once. And the reality of reaching my overall goal feels further and further out of reach. What can I do to not only bring better focus to my goal, but also what can I do to reach this specific goal? Thank you so much. And I hope you're able to help me out. Thank you.
0: All right. I had, I had to make notes because I had so many thoughts for my new friend, Jessica. I am just obsessed with the fact that you are asking these questions at such a young age. And I feel like you'll probably be Elon Musk or Oprah or the president that we all need uh, by the time you're my age. Congratulations. Now, let me answer your question in a few different ways. So The first thing that I want to address, I'm going to start just by answering what you ask and then I'm going to give you some life advice that you did not ask for, but I'm your big sister in this scenario and so that's what you're going to get. The first thing that you asked me was, you said, you know, I have this idea for my business and I really want to take it to the next level and I want to make a decent salary. So if you're not watching this on YouTube, then you can't see that I'm doing air quotes. I'm saying uh, decent salary has air quotes around it. The reason that I'm doing that is not because I'm mocking you, you freaking unicorn human. It's because a lot of entrepreneurs do this. In fact, a lot of people do this. We say that we want something, but we are not specific about what it is that we want. What does a decent salary mean to you? Is that $500 you can, you know, go buy – Close like is it a thousand? Is it 10 grand? Is it 22,000? Is it a million? Whatever it is to you, you need to be specific because right now you can't really work toward a goal because there isn't a specific one that you have in mind. If you tell me that you want to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year, this is for Jessica or any other entrepreneurs that are listening. If you tell me I want to make a hundred thousand dollars this year. I remember years ago, I had a salesperson on my team, and she said this phrase that I have never forgotten. She said, getting to a certain revenue goal is stacking dimes, meaning most people think, oh, I'm going to go get $100,000, right? Or I'm going to go get $1,000, and that seems like this massive chunk of money, when reality is... If it's $1,000, let's say, that you want to make, Jessica, okay, that's 10 people paying you $100, right? Or two people paying you $500 or one huge client paying you 1000 But you can break it into pieces. You can stack those dimes up if you know specifically what it is you're aiming for. So I really want you to home in on what that number is to you. Luxury is meant to be livable. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Another thing that entrepreneurs do is that they get really lofty and they have these crazy dreams. And so I am all for you, like head in the clouds, believe something big and great and audacious, but let's base it on some kind of reality. So if you don't have like... Let's say if you had earned any money as a food blogger so far, I would say, okay, let's make it the goal to double the amount of money that you've earned. That would be huge. There are businesses all over the world that wish that they could double the amount of money that they make in a year. But if you don't have any frame of reference, let's say you haven't made money at it yet, then I would do some research. I would look up other food bloggers and ask questions like, how much can I expect to earn in my first year of food blogging? And base your revenue goal on something that feels possible, not just the crazy number that you make up in your head. I want you to ground it in reality because you're just starting, and I don't want you to be discouraged if you name a crazy number and don't get anywhere close. Like, let's say you're like, oh, I want to make $50,000, which would be freaking wild as someone who's in high school. I mean, amazing. And I'm sure you could do it, but it would be wild and be able to still do school well. But let's say you say you want to make $50,000 and then you work really hard and you bust your butt and you actually make eight grand. But all you do is feel disappointed that you didn't get to 50 when the reality was $8,000 is a lot. The first piece of advice I would give you is to get specific with exactly what it is you want. The second thing that I want you to work on doing is to visualize. Visualizing is honest to God, Jess. It is how I live the life that I live. It is how I've built what I've built. It's how I, how I wrote books and started a podcast and built a company. It's how I've continued to keep going every time I get knocked down by life. It's how I've gotten through my childhood. It's how I got through my divorce. It is everything. Visualization is everything. Some of us, that comes easy. So if you've got an imagination, if you like to sort of think of things, if you um, can listen to music and kind of zone out and kind of imagine uh, different ideas or taking a vacation or a party with your friends, like if that comes easily to you, you've got visualization all day long. And what I would suggest that you do is go listen to episode 72 of this podcast where I take you on a guided visualization for imagining your future. So it's totally free. Go dig into that episode. Basically, you just follow the sound of my voice and it will help you to visualize what you want that goal to look like. For someone who's as young as you, I would actually pull the goal in closer. So in that guided visualization, I tell people to aim for 10 years in the future. For you, I'd say one year or I'd say by the time I graduate high school. But the point of a visualization is to give your mind something to focus on. Where focus goes, energy flows. It's a Tony Robbins quote, it's one of my favorites. Basically it means that whatever you focus on, whatever you think about, that is what you create. Either good things, like, oh, I wanna take my blog to the next level, or sometimes bad things. Sometimes we obsess over what we don't wanna happen and we obsess over it so much we keep giving energy to the thing we do not want. So I want you to have a visualization to go to, basically a daydream that you can reach for when you're trying to get your focus back on track. Another thing I love besides visualization exercises is a mood board or a vision board or a Pinterest board. I just made one for the month of October. I wanted to sort of be really specific and kind of script out the way that I want this month to go and how I want my life to go. And I believe that we create our own reality. So I think that when I set my intentions for how I want my life to feel or look or be, that I can create that. So I love Pinterest as an example of you creating a visual of what you want, all these things. Meaning like, okay, when I get to the revenue goal that I have, what am I going to do with the money? Am I going to take my girlfriends to a spa? Am I going to get my nails done? Am I going to treat my mom? Am I going to put money away for college? Like, Help yourself visualize what life is going to look like when you have this goal because that's really powerful when it gets hard to get you where it is that you want to be. There's a ton of information you can find on the internet about how to grow a food blog and how to get clients. All of that exists. But the last piece of advice I want to give you is an important one. For real, for real, for real, for real, please listen to me because you asked me for advice and let's pretend I really am your big sister right now and this is good advice that I'm about to give you. You started the call by saying that you have known since you were 15 years old what you wanted to do with your life and I think that is freaking rad. I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life when I was 15 years old. And it morphed and it changed and it became different over time. And my life is so much better, so much better, so much cooler, so much more impactful, so much more magical, so much more loving. Like it's so much better than anything I could have imagined. So I want you to use the goal that you have for your life as a guidepost, as a North Star. But I don't want you to think that that's all it's ever going to be. Being a food blogger, food photographer, food stylist, chef, like that world has a million different Tracks that you could take, and sometimes you're going to go off over here to the right, and then you won't swing back around to where you thought you were going to be for five years. But by the time five years rolls around, it's so perfect and timed so correctly, you can't even imagine a different life than the one that you're living. So, use use the guidepost. Have the North Star. Literally, oh. have a tattoo. Jess, I guess you can't see unless you're watching this on YouTube. My tattoo is a compass. And at the top of the compass is my North Star. So be open. That's the advice I would give you. And good luck. And honestly, we can't wait to see what you do next because it's going to be really rad. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. TravelTexas.com slash get your own. That was our question from Jess. Now, this next one I actually haven't listened to yet. So y'all, we are going to listen to it as a team. Team listen. Hi, Rachel. I'm wondering if
1: you'd ever do a podcast on the next later chapter in life. I'm 60 this year and struggling with how do I make goals 10 years out, 20 years out? What happens after retirement? What do I do with myself? Um, I know you typically uh, speak to a younger crowd, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this. Thank you.
0: What's funny is that people tend to think that I am only speaking to maybe a different demographic than they are. And you see this at conference. If you ever come to my conference or see me speak at something, you'll you'll see this in the audience. Literally in my audience, there will be women in their 70s, I swear, and there'll be little girls who are nine. I think that I tend to attract uh, an audience that identifies with a more... Um, feminine. And I don't mean feminine in terms of girly. I just mean a feminine energy, like a a female energy. Because I definitely have men in my audience, but they're men who kind of identify more with a feminine ideal. But I don't really have an age group. So I just want to go ahead and say that because oftentimes when someone's not like 35, they'll go, oh, I know you're not really creating content for me. No, no, I am creating content for you. And I think that what's really powerful about the advice I'm about to give you is that I don't think it's very different than the advice I would give Jessica, who's 17, or someone who's 22 or 35. The only piece of advice that I think is different when it comes to people who are 50, 60 plus is that a lot of times the feedback that I get is that they're they're like, oh, it's too late. Like it feels hard for them to make goals because they're like, well, but I'm in my 60s or I'm 40 or I'm 52 and so it feels like it's too late for me to try and do these things or I should have done them by now or I should have accomplished that by now. And so they have this block or almost this self-sabotage of not continuing to dream and grow because they think that time is done but let's just look at the average life expectancy right now. I mean, this is what blows my mind. If you're 50 or even 60, life expectancy right now, you could have 40 more years. You could have 50 more years, for real. 40 more years, let's just like call it in the middle. Let's say that you've got 40 more years ahead of you. Let's say you got 30. Frankly, none of us really know what tomorrow holds. So you could have way more life in front of you than someone who's 20. And imagine that for a minute. Let's imagine that you have 40 more years. You have an entire another life in front of you right now. And if that's the case, why in the world would you stop your evolution? I think you're just getting started. I think you're just becoming. And like, hopefully you're at a place in your life where not only are you just becoming, but You have more resources than you had. You have a community that you didn't have when you were 20. Let's hope that in your 60s you give zero craps about what anybody thinks of you, right? You've all of these things going for you that are going to help you to be a better version than you've ever been before. Freaking now is the time to dream. Retirement, oh my, what, what, what a gift. What a gift you have in front of you. And that honestly is a beautiful place to begin this process for you is, it sounds to me like you need to shift your mindset a bit about what's ahead of you. This is not something daunting. This is not something scary. This is exciting. This is powerful. This is you with no rules, no restrictions, no guardrails. You get to show up however you want. What kind of impact do you wanna have? What legacy do you want? Here's a challenge. This is for you at 60 or someone who's a teenager or me at 38. What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? What is the legacy that you want to leave behind you? None of us know how much time we have left and how often are we actually slowing down and asking the question about how we want to be remembered. I was doing yoga a couple of weeks ago and I feel like every yoga class is essentially like therapy for me because the instructors talking and I'm like struggling through a move. And I always feel like it's such a beautiful representation of maybe how I struggle in life. And I was taking a class where the theme was balance. So we were doing a lot of poses that purposely messed with balance. And I had these two beautiful learnings coming out of this class. The one was that The thing that always throws me off balance is looking at other people do their thing. When I look at other people doing a pose, I'm new to yoga. I've only been doing it for a few months. And so basically everybody in the class is better than me. And it just so happens I was at this class with my boyfriend who is just the most my God, like his body and his physicality. And he's so good at all the poses. And I just, it's blowing my mind. And, you know, they tell you to like get into this pose and then you like put your foot into your hand and then you like raise it up in the air. And like, I was already struggling with being on one foot. That was already hard enough for me. And so I'm doing that thing where like your your leg is shaking, your, your whole body, you're like trying to balance yourself. But I'm holding and I'm like, good for you, Rach. Like you're you're staying upright. That feels important. And I look over at him and he's like on one foot with like one foot behind his head in the like just ridiculous. And in my brain, because I'm a competitive and I'm an achiever, I'm like, I can do that. (laughs) And so I like try and like hike my foot up in the air and do something crazy. And of course, I immediately lose my balance. And I thought, oh, man, that is such a good lesson for me and such a good reminder that I get thrown off balance when I look at other people. The second thing that I learned in that class and that I took away from me is that when we are balancing in class uh, physically with your body, whether that's on your hands, on one foot however you're trying to take it on, and I'm doing it in yoga, but maybe for you, you're doing this in ballet or you're, you know, bouncing on a Bosu or you're doing something at the gym. Whenever we are taking on a balance practice, our our body is, we literally you're experiencing physical tremors. Like your body is trying to course correct. And so it's trying to like help you to balance, but you're wiggling and shaking. And the strength, is in that. The strength is found in the fact that you don't feel balanced. The strength is found in the uncertainty. The strength is grown literally when your muscles are are having those tremors and they're trying to course correct and they're trying to keep you upright. That is where our balance and our strength come from. You actually have to put yourself into those positions where you don't know what happens next in order to have the strength to do what happens next. And I feel like for you, as you navigate this, what does the rest of my life look like or what comes next? I want you to remember, don't look at what anyone else is doing. In fact, I had this conversation recently with one of the gals in Inner Circle, which is my coaching community. And similar to you, she was in her um, late 50s, and she was talking about this idea of trying to start something new and, and feeling unsure about it. And my advice to her was Do not look at what other people your age are doing because when she did, that's when she felt discouraged because she's like, I don't have any examples of anybody my age who's trying to start a new business or trying to do a health journey or trying to run a marathon or in your case, fill in the blank, right? So don't look at how anyone else is posing. I don't want to look at how people are posing because I'm going to try and compare my beginning to someone else's middle. I don't want you to do it because in your case, you may see people who have just stopped trying, who have decided that retirement is it, who have just been like, all right, I'm just going to coast on in to the grave that's 45 years in the future. And maybe y'all are laughing or maybe you think I'm being rude, but you and I all know people who did that. We know people who just said, okay, I'm done. And I know so many people who have retired and are living their best, relaxed, delicious, long walks, knitting circles, playing bridge, living their best freaking life. And you do that. But even in that, there's a visualization of the life that you want to have. You could start to visualize in the same way that I told Jessica to do it. You could start to imagine you can go listen to episode 72 of the podcast and you can start to dream of something bigger, right? But bigger for you may look like, oh my gosh, I'm about to relax so damn hard. I'm about to go on some vacations. I'm about to play with my grandbabies. Or maybe you're like, no, in the second half of my life, this is when I start the nonprofit. This is when I impact my community. This is when I show up. This is when I build my legacy. This is when I do all the things that I always wanted to do, but I never had time to do them. There's this other word that I learned recently in a different yoga class called sankulpta. And I wanna read you the definition. It uh, sankulpa means an intention formed by the heart and mind, a solemn vow, determination, or will. In practical terms, a sankalp means a one-pointed resolve to focus both psychologically and philosophically on a specific goal. And how the yoga instructor explained this that I thought was so beautiful, and I want to give her credit, um, her name is Karen at Core Power in Austin. Um, But Karen said this thing that I thought was so beautiful. She said that she had learned that sankalpa was like your thumbprint. It was this vow that you made, this intention that you set, this will that you had that said, what am I going to leave behind? Like what is the thumbprint that I'm going to leave behind me? And I thought of that in terms of legacy. And I think that if I was in my 60s, I'd be thinking a lot about legacy. What is the legacy that I wanna leave behind? And I don't think that this is just for those of us who are considering what we want people to say at our funeral. I think that this is a beautiful practice or consideration for any point in your life. What is the energy that you wanna leave behind you on this earth after you walk out of a room, the way that you exist in your community, how you show up for your kids? what What is it that you want people to say about you or feel from you, or know to be true, what is it that you wanna be remembered for? Because if you haven't taken the time to consider that, then there's a really good chance that you're not showing up or leaving behind the way that you want to. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. there's a really good chance that you are not being as intentional as you want to be or that you're not being thoughtful like you want to be. I can think of many times in my life where I haven't been conscious of that and I have shown up in ways that I didn't want to. And I can think of times where I let anger get the best of me or bitterness get the best of me or fear, whoo, fear get the best of me. And I've acted out in ways that I won't use the word shame because I don't believe in that and I don't think that it serves us at all, but that I can look back on with compassion for that version of myself and realize how much I was hurting and then how that hurt manifested for other people because I took it out on my kids, or I took it out on my friends, or I took it out in ways that it wasn't my intention to be hurtful, but it definitely manifested that way. And I think that if I had really been connected to this idea of what is it energetically that I want to leave behind, then I wouldn't have ever gotten to that place because I would have come back again and again and again to my truth, which is I want to be a source of of love in the world. I want to walk into a room and have people literally feel the energy of love radiating through me. I want my kids to feel that. I want to bring joy with me wherever I go and I hope that I give joy to other people. And there are still times, I just had this happen last weekend where someone really hurt me and I know didn't do it maliciously but still did something pretty shitty. And it really hurt my feelings. And I, I grappled with it a lot because my intention in the interaction with this person was one of love, like I really was doing something from a place of love. And it felt a bit like that got thrown back in my face when someone kind of I don't know if you've ever done that where you have your intention, your intention is one of like pure goodness, you're trying to do something for someone else and it feels like it gets shoved back in your face. And then I had this moment of like, oh wow, am I getting all of this wrong? Like, am I setting myself up to be taken advantage of? Like, am I setting myself up to be hurt because I'm leading out with my heart and like, look, this person just smashed my heart. They didn't care. That they were being – like, it was just the wildest, like, learning from me in this moment. And then I remembered thinking as I was trying to unpack all the things I was feeling about this, that if my intention is to be this example of love and joy in the world, then I really have to practice that with people even when – it doesn't go the way that I want it to. Or even when someone treats me in a way that I know isn't okay. And just to give you guys like a little bit more information on that, because I feel like I sort of hate when people say like, oh, you know, just let it go. If you're about love or you're this or you're that, then it's okay. Like it can just roll off your shoulders. But the truth is, I don't believe that we should Continue to let someone hurt us who has hurt us before. I think that's what boundaries are. And so, in that situation, I had to ask myself how I could be true to myself and loving to myself and uphold a boundary, but also not hold on to negative emotions about what had just happened. So, I ended up telling this person, I felt very mature, by the way. I was like, damn, it took 38 years, but you are really growing up. I didn't say it's okay because they apologized for what they had done. And I didn't say it's okay. That's what I would have done for, you know, 37 years. I would have been like, oh my gosh, it's okay. No worries. Like no big deal. I didn't say it's okay. I said, I receive your apology and I hear what you're saying. Cause I really did. Like I believed that they were sorry for what they had done, but, and then I explained why what had happened was very hurtful. And then I wished, you know, love and goodness and sent good feelings in a way that felt like I was leaving a legacy behind that I was proud of. But I also made it very clear that it was hurtful, why it was hurtful. And I set a boundary that I think that you can be a being of love and you can put love out into the world. But the first and most important love affair we have is with ourselves. And if I don't love and protect myself, nobody else is going to. So in that instance, they get one. They're a new friend. So they get one. If you're like my lifelong friend, if you're my boyfriend, I'm deeply in love with you, like you can have more than one. But if you're a new friend, you get one time. And then the boundary is that it's, not appropriate for us to be friends anymore because I think that people will show you exactly who they are. And everybody can make a mistake, right? We all do, but not repeatedly. One time is a mistake. Two times is a pattern. I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I feel like it all works together. I feel like, you know, you asked me this question about what does the second half of your life look like? And I would say, hopefully, it's an evolution where you question things and grow and continue to work on yourself the same way that the first half of your life showed up as. Because that's the point. I think we're here because we're supposed to evolve and we're supposed to learn and grow. And God willing, you know, I hope I go out 110, like, wearing red, cussing, drinking whiskey, holding great grandbabies. like, But even at that age, I hope I'm still learning. I hope I'm still like, oh, y'all, I read the greatest book about self-care, you know, whatever it looks like. I plan to keep on becoming me until this version of me is no more. Age. I think it's a number. I think it's a social construct. I think you can build a massive business at 17. I think you can start a whole new life at 60. I think you can be anything you want to be, no matter what age you are. And I hope you carry that with you as you go into the rest of this week. Y'all, this is the Rachel Hollis podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I would love it if you found this episode helpful. If you would share it with a friend that you think would really dig it too, or even better, take a screenshot and post it on social media, tag me so that I can see. And just know that wherever you are in the world right now, I am rooting for you big time, and I love you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me. Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis podcast is a 3% chance production.